Baylor has lost its last 10 games in Lubbock. The Bears want to break the streak. The Red Raiders want to keep it alive. This is Locked On Baylor and Locked On Texas Tech. You are Locked On Baylor, your daily podcast on the Baylor Bears, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Thursday, everybody. Welcome to Locked On Baylor and Locked On Texas Tech, a crossover edition this week with the Bears and the Red Raiders meeting in Lubbock. Thank you for making these two shows your first listen every single day, whichever respective fan base you're from. I'm Drake Toll from Sports Illustrated's Inside the Bears alongside Casey Cowan. And Casey, the game this week, Texas Tech fans love to rub it into Baylor fans' faces. The Bears have not won in Lubbock since 1990, and I'm guessing that's not going to change on Saturday, right? You've already lost hope, my man. Don't rule anything out. This is Texas Tech, after all. It's going to be on the other sideline, and uh, we're newly above 500, so we feel like we kind of got a pulse again uh, as far as the win-loss record is concerned. Uh, Glad to be doing this with you, Drake. Fan of your show, man. Uh, So thanks for having me as a part of this conversation. And I I don't know what to expect necessarily because if the Red Raiders are able to establish something consistent as far as the standard that they were meeting Last time out against West Virginia, well, we're going to have to revise some some win projections big time because that's something that that probably wasn't there to be expected. Um, I think Tech fans are probably allowing a little bit of a return to earth. There's plenty of respect, obviously, for the Baylor Bears. You've heard Joey McGuire, you know, talk about them as as still the Big Twelve champs until they give the trophy to somebody else. So. Uh, I wouldn't be so quick <laughs> maybe to expect that streak to continue, but I don't know about you, man. I, I'm just pumped that uh, this conference game uh, mm. is back on these two campuses and, and we're getting our turn in Lubbock this time around. You know, it feels a lot like to me, Baylor fans have lost m- not all hope for this game, but the more and more projections come out at 50, 50, it feels like every statistical analytical site has this game at basically tied, but you put in the factor of a night game in Lubbock and a road game for Baylor, basically just every fan's going to balk at that. It, it feels like a lot of Texas tech fans are riding high after the West Virginia win. You beat Texas a few weeks ago while the team hasn't found necessarily, you know, necessarily consistency, there's still a lot there in that blueprint for Joey McGuire. Are Tech fans shocked by how fast this turnaround has happened? Um, I don't think they're shocked to see a football team that's playing hard enough and being led by a defense that's in games Mm -hmm. late third quarter into the fourth quarter with an opportunity to win. How many times you can get over that hump still remains to be seen. And if you do it a lot, that may be kind of shocking. But Matt Wells, for whatever he didn't do for Texas Tech football, I, I do feel like he... Uh, hardened the culture a little bit, made it a more tough-minded program than what you had under Cliff Kingsbury. They were a more resilient football team, and you hoped that Joey McGuire was going to be able to continue that and and build on that. And, of course, I mean, he's walking effort. So that's obviously going to be like uh, a big uh, foundational part of of what you're doing as a program. So to see that, I can only speak for myself as a Tech fan. I'm not really surprised uh, to see them continue to play hard and give themselves chances to win, but um, I do think it's it's pretty interesting to watch how quickly the belief has set in for the fan base. I can certainly speak to that because, unfortunately, we got a lot of practice over the last decade in West Texas as far as uh, coaching turnover is concerned. And, you know, even when you had Cliff Kingsbury show up and there was this honeymoon just because Red Raiders love him because of what he was uh, as a player for the program, the, the belief was not setting in as quickly as it has for Joey McGuire. I've been amazed to go through this offseason after a bowl win for Tech 
granted against a, an opponent you cared about beating in, in the Mike Leach-led Mississippi State Bulldogs. Yeah. But the offseason, you'll, you'll talk to Red Raiders, and it's like they paint it as though you're coming off of a great year when you fired your coach. But that's because Joey McGuire, and some credit to Sonny Cumbie on an interim basis, but Joey McGuire stepped in, and he basically forced everyone to mirror his energy, to mirror his buy-in. And that's the thing that's really amazing as far as how quickly something has changed, the fan base entirely rallying around uh, Joey McGuire. You know, Joey's a guy that I got to spend a lot of time around during his time in, in Waco, and, and a lot of people did around here, and it's respect across the way, bar none, between Dave Aranda and McGuire and everybody else here. Nothing but the highest regard for him, and he was a legitimate candidate to, to get the Baylor job when Aranda got it. Is there any semblance? I've only started to, to hear this idea thrown out there in the last 24 hours. Any semblance of, you know, Baylor being proven they made the wrong hire by going with Aranda instead of McGuire if Joey McGuire wins in year one against Baylor. I'm stunned at some of what I'm hearing right now so far. Are you kidding? <laughs> you got a Big 12 trophy in the case, don't you? I mean, Dude, no way. When I tell you, I actually read an article that said that <laughs> today, and I was floored. Like, all right, maybe this is an idea that some Texas Tech fans are planting. I, I don't think so. I haven't heard that. And certainly that hadn't even crossed my mind. Uh, the utmost respect for Dave Aranda, who we're counting as a Red Raider uh, after a graduate yes. degree. Brilliant. I think mind. every coach <laughs> in America at some point in time has stopped through Lubbock without right. fail. That's every right. single one. And enrolled in a class. I mean, it was yeah. incredible. But no, I don't No, I think Dave Aranda is a great coach. I don't know why any Baylor fan would be down on Dave Aranda. It was shocking that you again see coaching turnover in Waco. That's one of the things that's been so amazing to watch from afar. Uh, from Bryles to Rule, and then on and on. You continue to have elite success. Like, not just get back to a bowl game, but, hey, we're talking about championship trophies. So, I don't know uh, what was a reasonable expectation uh, this year for yeah. Coach Aranda and the Baylor Bears, but obviously it's hard to follow and act like that. But, no, I don't, I don't think there's anything like that within the context of just this singular game. I mean, hmm. it's a couple of teams that are trying to continue uh, to, to fight for postseason berths, and I know that's probably not what Baylor wanted to be talking about, at this point in the season, but tech fans aren't mad at having that conversation right yeah. now. So I, I don't know, man. I think I'm excited for the matchup because I love the shared history of both of these coaches. And to be honest with you, I can speak from a tech fan's perspective. Either of these guys wearing my team's headset, I, I'd be thrilled about. So if it was a completely yeah. reversed role and McGuire had won a trophy last year in Waco and Dave Miranda was trying to turn it around here, I'd feel the same way, man. I, I like just about everything about both of these guys. No, that makes, to me, this rivalry so cordial. As much as these two fan bases probably couldn't be more different, there seems to be just this shared love of the game, on even on Twitter, social media across this week. It's just the banter that goes back and forth is wildly playful compared to a Baylor, Texas, or a Texas Tech and A&M, or Texas Tech, Texas. And that's something that, that goes so far for me that I think starts at the two head coaches and their mutual respect. But for McGuire, what he's been able to do this season, defensively, I don't think I have as many questions, but on the offensive side of the ball, feels like Baron Morton has stepped up to be that guy. I made the case yesterday for Texas Tech to start Donovan Smith just because it'd give Baylor a lot better chance. I bet. Um, but, and Baron <laughs> Morton has Bear in his name, so I was like, maybe Joey goes with it because of the mojo. Uh, but on the Tech side of things, even from Sir Roderick Thompson down, it feels like there's a lot of different – you got a two, three-headed running back scheme, two, three-headed quarterback, two, three-headed wide receiver. Uh, like, what is the identity of this team's offense? 
Um, I think they're still trying to establish that. I don't think you have a two or three headed running backs group because it's basically been one guy or the other. There are two in Taj mm-hmm. Brooks and Sir Roderick Thompson who are reliable, proven commodities on this level. They've been highly impactful for Texas Tech prior to this season. Kind of the frustration up until last week was about the first time that you saw more so of a group day. Went over 200 against West Virginia with Brooks leading that effort uh, over the century mark. I think he had around 110 between yeah. Thompson and Bryson Donnell. Um, anyway, that that was the best outing for that room of the season. Otherwise, it's been Brooks or Thompson. You haven't really gotten that consistently established. And as far as the quarterback conversation is concerned, it's as bizarre of one as I've seen play out. I'm not buying into multiple quarterbacks being an advantage. I'm a guy that believes uh, if you if you uh, have more than one, you don't, you don't have one or whatever the saying says. I just biff that. Uh, what is it? If you got more than one, you don't have one, something like that. Aside from yeah. Chris Leak, Tim Tebow, I hadn't seen it work out all that well when you're like, nah, how about this guy now? How about this guy? Yeah. We've been fascinated in Lubbock just to listen to Joey McGuire kind of juggle these uh, quarterback situations because it almost seems like there's some transfer transfer portal context to what he's saying as well. Like, oh, no, yeah. you're all still – you got a chance. We want to play all of you. It's Baron Morton or bust in the 806 right now. Uh, you, I think that would be – Darn near 100% consensus among Texas Tech fans. The offenses look completely different with him at the helm. Quicker, the tempo is better, more decisive. He's going to make mistakes because he is still green behind the ears. But the arm talent and what I feel like is some of the the IQ while the fur is flying because the offensive line is is hit or miss sometimes, maybe trending upwards more recently. But some of what he's been able to do under fire has been really exciting. Uh, but no, you're looking for more weeks like what you had last week with the running backs where you can really establish something there with multiple guys. But personally speaking, I don't know if Joey McGuire or Zach Kelly feel this way. I- I'm looking for that one at the quarterback position. And if he is healthy, Baron Morton is that one. There's no doubt about that. Morton has shown a lot that would scare Baylor fans or any opposing team. Uh, chip on the shoulder reminds me a lot of when Blake Shapin came in last year. And you're kind of like, who is this kid? And then just tears people up really from jump. And it, there comes a point. And this was something J.J. Joe, former Baylor quarterback, said on the show earlier this week that uh, defenses figure you out. You put enough on the tape for a great defensive coach to figure you out for at least one game before you have to readjust. So Baylor fans are certainly hoping that's that's the case this week with Dave Aranda, Ron Roberts sure. looking at that film. And on your side of things, Casey, I want to get your thoughts and really Texas Tech fan base as a whole, their thoughts on the Baylor team, what you see in Dave Aranda or Ron Roberts going into this game. But first, I got to tell the folks out there about LinkedIn Talent Solutions. Casey, what is your favorite thing about LinkedIn Talent Solutions as someone who knows all too well about the company now that you joined Locked On? You are uh, cutting straight through the fat, my man. You're getting to the candidates that you want to talk to because they fit your profile. I mean, think about getting bogged down in the weeds out there with so many oh. different options. That That's the best thing I think that I've found so far is uh, it's the fastest and easiest way to get to the candidates that you want to talk to. Purple hashtag hiring frame, Casey. Like it doesn't get easier when you go to LinkedIn.com uh, forward slash locked on. It's how I found a, 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 really the half the crew that I use for Friday night high school football games was LinkedIn Talent Solutions because you can create all these this little questionnaire, narrows it down for you, funnels in. You talked about it, cuts straight through the fat. I like it. This whole like West Texas vibe you got going on, we don't get enough of that. We're a little too close to Austin and it starts kind of to bleed into us. Right. Not a good thing, by the way. Austin People's first. Republic. Uh, but that LinkedIn Talent Solutions is your spot to find your next hire faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash Locked On College. Terms and conditions do apply. 
Casey, what are those burning questions that tech fans have about these Baylor Bears? You know, I think, uh, and speaking for myself, I'm feeling like defensively, I, I want to know where the group is that I kind of came to feel like I knew in some recent seasons. I, I'm still thinking more so about some real toughness in the middle and up front. Is there more vulnerability on the back end? I'm a little surprised by that because if that's the case, um, because I, I really have gotten to know Baylor football as black and blue, really mean, really physical, really tough, particularly on the defensive side of the football. Are there some some chinks in the armor on that side that weren't there previously? Yeah, you know, wouldn't you know, the defensive line was supposed to be really good. I didn't know if you knew that preseason for Baylor. And really, the, the defense as a whole is where you expect Dave Aranda and Ron Roberts and this team to to put their their weight. Dave Aranda, defensive-minded guy. You lead the offense to Jeff Grimes, who's now in a lot of head coaching conversations because of how well he's run the offense in his career, not just at Baylor, but BYU. But now the defense allows 40 points to 43 points to West Virginia. And I don't know if you knew how many Texas Tech allowed West Virginia to score, but it was a lot less than 43. So I'll hear it again if you want to tell me because it's special. Yeah, I, at, <laughs> right. At this point, it's it's for us Baylor fans, you're scratching your head going, how? How do you have a defense last season with Jalen Petrie, Terrell Bernard, JT Woods? You lose these guys, Jaron McVay, but you get big names back like Siaki Ika. Transfer portal, you get Jackson Player. You get a guy in Josh White, linebacker from LSU, who hasn't played. I mean, redshirt this season, I guess. And there's still so many big names that just haven't stepped into a role that Baylor's expecting. So, look, Casey, I don't know if this team was preseason top 10. Um, should they have been? That's that's worth discussion. I've talked to a lot of people who said no. The expectation was just set way too high with the brand-new quarterback. But Baylor has not met that expectation, and you got a lot of antsy Baylor fans because of that. But if you win in Lubbock this weekend, I think that conversation really comes to a full stop that this team's finally put it together. But if you lose to Texas Tech, you're looking still at where does this team win two more games to get to a bowl? The schedule doesn't get very easy in the Big 12, as you guys know. Yeah, no doubt about it. You feel like you can't waste any opportunities. And certainly when Texas Tech's talking about playing a home game, you feel like you can't waste those opportunities. But I, you know, so many things have changed in the game of football. You, you want to outlaw the physical, violent elements yeah. to it, and maybe someday they'll succeed in that. I don't know. It'll just be a, a entertainment pastime for pacifists or something. But right now, there still is some physicality that's a, allowed to be involved. It's yeah. all about trench work to me every time out. And again, when you're thinking Baylor and some of these really successful seasons, it's not just the defensive side of the football. It's also mm -hmm. that offensive line that's doing such heavy work. And Joey McGuire has been talking about that old line uh, as if it's the best in the Big 12 conference said that as a matter of fact are, are they living up to some expectations um no they now <laughs> like we we put it real straight here at locked on Baylor the the answer to that altogether is no uh even the first game of the season against Albany people were scratching their heads saying what what is this offensive line that was the best maybe in the Big 12 last season and brought four out of five back and it really has underwhelmed until last week against Kansas Granted, it's Kansas, but still a much better Kansas team than you're probably used to. But the Baylor offensive line finally put it all together. Khalil Keith is back healthy. And when that unit is playing to its full potential, like it did last season, you see Baylor at full strength. Blake Shapin is a quarterback who's only started nine games in his college career. He's gotten playing time in 13 games, and he's still, he's green behind the ears. This is a guy that needs a comfortable pocket to be able to settle in and make the better throws, uh, just because he still doesn't have the experience of a, of a senior quarterback. So with that, if Baylor's offensive line is able to give it to him, he can connect to his younger wide receiving core that has a lot of names that you've probably never heard of because we're just now learning them. Like, I, I promise. 
every week someone catches the football, PA guy says his name, and I think, no idea. I like <laughs> I had no idea that guy was on the roster. Um, and that's something that it starts with the offensive line giving Blake shape and time for a young quarterback to connect with young wide receivers. So have they been as advertised to this point? Not yet up until last week where it finally clicked against Kansas. And if Baylor's offensive line plays the same way they did last week against Texas Tech, that's the shot that Baylor gets at winning in Lubbock. I like your answer. I'll be sure to let Joey McGuire and company know this, but yeah, you, next I press don't know conference, if I believe you. I don't next know if press I believe conference, you. He's like, hey, Joey, Joey, cut it. Cut no the problems. BS, man. These guys suck. I, I know about it. That'd be awesome. <laughs> it sounds like uh, a defending Big 12 champion that uh, has stubbed their toe a couple of times is what this sounds like. And you're wanting to lose all hope, but surely not, because there's still a lot of football left to be played. But tell me about, uh, who is it, running Richard Reese? Because I'm hearing Whoa. about lightning in a bottle Ooh. from this freshman, but I don't know, is there more on his shoulders than needs to be right now because of some of the other things you're describing? Yeah, dude, Dick Reese, man, that guy <laughs> has just been electric for Baylor this season and unexpected, too. And we did a podcast preseason okay. ranking with John Garcia Jr., Baylor's top five freshman. He was nowhere to be found. He's a Belleville kid who, coming from 4A Division II football, really had great stats, great numbers in, in 4A, but so does every other guy that comes into your program at, at Texas Tech or Baylor. And so didn't expect him to star like he has. And here he comes last week, 184 yards, has 116 carries this season. 31 of those came in one game and that was against Kansas last week so can you lean on Richard Reese this week like you did against Kansas I don't think so not one week later but Baylor might have to if they want to stay in this game 643 yards and nine touchdowns to that nine touchdowns for a true freshman really jumps off the page and he's played well even when the offensive line has been shaky but you will see him get 30 plus carries if Blake Shapin doesn't have a solid game. And we've seen it goes one game after the next. You just never know with Shapin. Last week, he struggled mightily against Kansas, had three turnovers. Baylor won because of the ground game. If he comes out against Texas Tech and turns the ball over two or three times, number one, Baylor loses. Number two, Richard Reese gets 30-plus carries. And that's a recipe for not a lot of long-term success for a kid that is still a true freshman and is built like a true freshman. So he's been a star, but how, how much can you ride that horse until, yeah. until it's got to be in the stable for a bit? So yeah. well, I, I just, I don't know. I think the strategy is to not carry him 31 times against Texas Tech, but you'll see it if that's what it takes for Baylor to win. That sounded pretty West Texas of you right there, talking about putting a horse uh, in the stable, riding him yeah. hard, putting him up wet or something like that. <laughs> hey, I grew up I, in Arkansas. I've seen mud before. All right. All right. I don't hear the accent. <laughs> no, I had to drop it day one, but hey, whatever. I, I really think that's going to be one of the fun things or entertaining parts about this matchup for both fan bases because I'll tell you from the Tech perspective, uh, I believe that Texas Tech has got an above-average rush defense, which was really difficult to really come to grips with because you saw statistically early on uh, some decent performances, but we were asking on previous editions of Locked on Texas Tech, like, is this to be believed or are we just getting ready to be hurt again or what? Because it certainly doesn't come natural here over the last, I don't know, 25 years or so uh, for Texas Tech to defend the run very well. Aside from a really statistically ugly day in Manhattan, Kansas, where Martinez and Vaughn were breaking off some huge chunk plays, Tech has kind of lived up to being able to mostly limit uh, some opposing ball carriers. And this is a schedule that's already got guys like uh, Mr. Mustard, B. John Robinson in your rear view. Um, so I think this is going to be one of those games where you're wondering, all right, can you contain a guy that has been as explosive as he's been all season most recently? 
And if you do, then can you do what you just did most recently as a defense, which was take the football away. They talked about wanting to take it away all year long. You hadn't really done it much, but last week by far your most successful day with four turnovers against West Virginia or four takeaways against West Virginia. Three of those, I mean, darn near highlight real interceptions for three different defensive backs. So I would like to imagine that if Tech's rush defense can live up to some potential, maybe contain something on the ground from Baylor, I don't know, do you give yourself a chance at some turnovers? Uh, yeah. Because you are in as much of a turnover rhythm as you've been at all. You've had some chances, but the numbers hadn't been there until last week. Mm, take three. That's the the Joey McGuireism. The take three, and yeah. that was that was at Baylor, a pretty big prevalent thing. Uh, you've seen some of the coach speaking one liners go away because Dave Aranda just has his own that are old hat, <laughs> new hat, or car references, and it just none of them make any sense to the layperson, but they do in <laughs> Dave's head. Um, and and Joey has all those classic Texas high school football, you know, take three and middle eight, and you know that it, it ingrains in a program. It, it feels like Texas Tech has bought into that. You saw it against West Virginia too. Um, but Casey, I really just want to take a second to peel it all back and and talk about. You already mentioned a little bit, and I love that you alluded to the history of this rivalry. You know, eighty matchups that are forty, thirty nine, and one. You can't get too much closer than that over the course of history. Uh, I would love to break that down and really the atmosphere in Lubbock. We'll see Saturday. But first, talking to the folks about sweat block. Casey, you be, you big sweater, you big sweat guy. I'm not a big sweat guy, but I had mm. uh, college roommates who got so heavy into the medicated antiperspirant, they're like singeing their armpit pores closed almost. They've never been the same. So sweat block, I mean, they could have really used it at that time. I think about them every time I think about sweat block. Oh, dude, if you got roommates singeing their arm hair, uh, I you live in a saying? fraternity house and we, we, don't even, we don't even singe pores. That's like next <laughs> level. And we don't singe pores now because we can use sweat block. Um, Actually, it's been something that even the last couple of weeks since we've jumped on, um, I always like to try products out before I can talk about it. And I myself wear dark colors because I sweat. I forgot my sweat block today, so that's why I did that. Uh, But it is is from a doctor who had excessive sweating. So it's doctor created and doctor recommended. And if you're someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweat try sweat block 20 percent off right now with promo code locked on it's locked space on capital l capital o it's sweatblock.com and is also available on amazon casey baylor texas tech the butt bowl this week uh this is something that i've asked on twitter to a lot of fans too kind of the favorite your favorite memory from this rivalry and mine you know being a baylor student right now comes recency bias last decade or so there have been some classic matchups but for you when you think Baylor and Texas Tech what do you think I gotta be honest with you for a large portion of my life there was really nothing to think about because it was just all Texas Tech for all of my teenage years like uh what was it 14 or 15 that went the wrong way for the Bears at one point it was just a total non-event then you get into site matchups Baylor's still all that good at the beginning of that. Tech wasn't really either, but still Tech fans kind of cared about it. So you go out to Dallas, have a few parties. Then all of a sudden, Baylor decides we're going to be really, really good at football. That part sucked for us. Uh, but how about a more recent memory? Okay, that's where I'm going with all of this. Colin Schooler baptizing a man at the goal line in Lubbock, Texas, was about as enjoyable of a simple football tackle <laughs> as I've ever yep. seen. I know you've had some great games over the years, but just to keep it fairly recent here, and that did turn out to be a pretty entertaining game, obviously. That singular moment, uh, I don't know that there have been many more hair stand-on-end moments within this series uh, for me as a Tech fan. Uh, Certainly the more competitive games, unfortunately not enough of them for my liking going the Red Raiders way, have come more recently or like over the last decade or so. 
when I was a kid, it was just a totally different story. And I got to tell you, I enjoy tight games back and forth, but I wouldn't mind rattling off 15 straight or 14 uh. straight again if it's all the same with everybody. Yeah, I, I bet Joey McGuire would not either, but Dave Aranda would have a thing or two to say about that. Uh, th- and this matchup has been so evenly matched in the last five years or so, too, where yeah. you have the double overtime game in Waco or the game at AT&T where I just I cannot get over Charlie Brewer like that. The hit at the goal line like I that that still plays in my mind as one of the premier hits of college football that season um, on just a terrible year too, just the worst Baylor football year. Um, and I, gosh, the respect that I have for the Texas tech fan base too. And I know that not every Baylor fan shares that, but it's guys like you at, at locked on Texas tech and Chris level that bring that university to life in I mean, Texas tech's kind of its own bubble out in West Texas. It's, oh, yeah. it's not like your TCU, your SMU, your Baylor or Texas, but in the best way. So what can Baylor fans making the trip out to Lubbock expect out of not just the university or the city, but specifically the atmosphere coming for them in the blackout Saturday night? Man, it should be a great one because, unfortunately, Texas Tech has been starved, it seems like, for a period of time extended now for, for night games when we used to, used to get them in spades. And it's it's kind of strange because you almost returned to getting more because you stunk and Fox moved that big window yeah. to noon. So it's like, Oklahoma, you're here. And then Oklahoma's like, well, I'm leaving the conference. Uh, anyway, we're pumped to have a game under the lights because they have been like a rarity, it, it seems like, for quite some time. All day to get lathered up. Fans are going to be doing that. And Patrick Mahomes is going to be on the building. I know that's going to create an extra buzz uh, just in general. But there's no doubt about it. Having a reigning Big 12 champion coming to town, somebody you care about beating in-state. And I think as far as the future of the Big 12 conference, you know, I I want these series to really take on some color. Uh, I, I look across this league and you see so many that are just like this one, certainly in the state of Texas, so tight. You know, Tech and Oklahoma State um, just played there. I think that was the 50th ball game that we played this season. That one was tied going into that one. Now the Cowboys have got a lead. So these things need to be hyped. You need trophies in all directions. Yeah. I don't know about a bronze butt, but the Big Ten's fighting over little jugs and axes, and it makes people care about it. So Oklahoma State got like a bronze tumbleweed, I think, for winning that game. Got the battle for the saddle in the West Texas Championship with the Horn Frogs later on embrace whether it's hate sports hate whatever it is embrace it because the com- these competitive series are what make it so great so i think texas tech is going to fully embrace the chance to uh get weird saturday night halloween weekend baby yeah that and I, i'm sure you saw the clip of jj joe saying earlier this week toughest place he's ever played was in lubbock texas not not ut not fort worth not a&m <laughs> not nebraska but lubbock texas and he said that Baylor be battle tested after a game in Provo, Utah, where you get your feet wet a little bit with yeah. that kind of night night atmosphere. But I got a, I got a feeling the Tech fans will be yelling a little bit worse stuff than the BYU fans were out in Provo. Might be a little more colorful and creative when Baylor <laughs> shows up in sa- on Saturday uh, in Lubbock. But I know everybody here is super excited for it. And Casey, if there's one thing you narrow down that's got you fired up for this one, before we kick it out of here, what is it? I think it's the chance to continue to remain unbeaten at home. The Jones actually did used to be a tough place for an opponent to play, but unfortunately, we got to go back over a decade uh, yeah. to find that era. It, it was Mike Leach era, and it hasn't been the same since. And I mean, not even close. So, so far, you've had a nice home run here, and it's made for a second half of the, the season or a second half of the schedule – 
that is a little bit advantageous as far as four of the final six are going to be here in Lubbock. Yeah. Had some really tough teams in your rear view. I, I want to see that continue, and I think so many Texas Tech fans do. It's been interesting to go to Jones Stadium again this season. You know you got a chance. So with a win, I mean, that's really going to balloon as we wrap up this regular season. And again, I can't stress it enough, man. I mean, you got hardware in the case more recently, and uh, it, it's important to beat a team like that. So looking forward to the opportunity. Yeah, for me, KC, can the Baylor Bears shock me and beat Texas Tech in Lubbock on Saturday <laughs> night? That's what I've circled, man. It's not that we've lost hope out here, but gosh, it just feels like these night games, road games have not gone Baylor's way, even historically. And so you got to shake that in in a matchup that I think is just going to be rocking. So excited for the atmosphere, excited to see how these two teams duke it out on Saturday. And Casey, excited to have you on for a locked on uh, crossover today. Yes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, man. And uh, if you're in the hub city, the uh, first Chilton is on me. So uh, you got that ticket anytime year round football or otherwise. Dude, we'll go see a Flatland Cavalry concert. Maybe go see Josh Abbott in the process. I don't know. <laughs> William Clark Green, all the West Texas hits. Um, You're touching on a couple I'm into. Dude, that look, West Texas is the best Texas, so I hear in a recent release, actually. <laughs> I didn't compel you to say that either, folks. That, that was entirely voluntary. You didn't. The song is just stuck in my head. There is like, I don't know if you've heard, there's a new release, The Panhandlers, and I can't. It's just there. So I've tried to mute it over the course of this week for sport, but I cannot. <laughs> it could become nightmarish depending on the result uh, Saturday night. You may not be singing it uh, in the same tune next week. <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. But hopefully, hopefully it's the case for Drake Tolp, Locked On Baylor, Casey Cowan, Locked On Texas Tech. Thank you folks for making our shows your first listen every single day from your respective fan bases. Go subscribe to one another and go follow us both on Twitter with handles down there. This has been a crossover episode with Locked On Baylor and Locked On Texas Tech.